0: Welcome back for another episode of Porn Brain Reboot, the podcast with me, Dr. Trish Lee. I am so glad you're back here today because I am here to motivate and inspire you to leave pornography behind for good, but I'm also most importantly here to coach you on the why's and the how's in terms of a neuroscientific perspective and especially to give you the tools and the action steps that you need to be able to move forward and to succeed in this journey. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how to lose big, to quit porn for good. And nobody likes the idea of loss. I'm going to give you a couple examples of lower grade loss from my life and some examples of the people that I work with in terms of how loss can really become a motivating factor towards change. Last week on the podcast, we talked about risk-taking to increase the reward. So what we're talking about today comes from the same scientific study that shows that when there's risky behavior and it leads to a reward, the brain will go back to that reward, especially getting the high and the adrenaline rush and the dopamine flood from the risk associated with that behavior, and then the reward, the linking of the reward to the risky behavior. And we've talked about this before, where when there's an element of anxiety or when there's an element of that rush, that kind of excitement and that hit, that also contributes to sexual acting out behavior. We know this. We know that your brain, not only is it looking for the flood of dopamine for seeming pleasure, It also enjoys that risk-taking and the feeling of the riskiness in terms of sexual acting out. Now, in the end of your Porn Brain Reboot, my goal for you is that you learn to build intimacy and you learn to establish a healthy sex life that includes getting that rush from not only the pleasure of being sexual with an actual human being an experience but also by taking risks and becoming vulnerable and opening up yourself to intimacy shared experience with another person and allowing yourself to feel at risk by throwing yourself out there in a whole person way Yes, I know it's different than the risks that come with sexual acting out, especially for some people, but it's a really cool way of reframing risks in terms of building intimacy and connection in your relationship. And it works. It works for long-term healthy sexuality. Okay. But what we're going to talk about now is when you link a big loss to a risky behavior, the brain act- acts in a different way. So if You keep acting out, keep watching porn, and there's a reward. You keep watching porn. There's another reward. You keep watching more frequent, consistent, and you're increasing intensity. There's more reward. Now you get caught by your partner. You get interrupted by your children. You are found out at work by your boss and your job is on the line. Your self-esteem as a father is on the line. Your relationship is on the line. That is a loss that is associated with the acting out behavior. And what we know from the science is when you have a big loss after a risk-taking behavior, your brain will be significantly less likely to go back to that behavior for more because it's associated the loss with that risky behavior. Now, of course, if you ignore that loss and if it doesn't bother you that much or you establish a life where you don't have losses and you keep going back to the screen, you can't take that loss and capitalize on it for the motivation that you will need to get 100% committed so that you can establish the discipline and the resilience and get yourself on the right track towards leaving pornography behind. Okay, so to sum that idea up, and then I'm going to move into what this looks like in real life, to sum up the idea is watching pornography and acting out sexually is a risk-taking behavior for most people. We know that it involves secrecy, it involves isolation, and it involves shame. Most people don't want other people to know that, in fact, they are acting out sexually with pornography and especially don't want people to know specifically what that looks like in terms of the amount of time dedicated, the genres, the behaviors that are happening. People don't want other people to know. So when found out, and we're going to use that as the loss right now, but I will talk about other losses in a few minutes. When found out, that loss can be the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of getting you motivated. Now, let me put a spin on it before I keep talking about the loss of being found out. A spin on it is mustering up the courage in the face of fear to tell your partner that you are struggling with pornography, to have the difficult conversation, to put yourself at loss so that you can really commit and do the things you need to do to succeed in the long run. You can create your own losses, and that's where we're going at the end of this podcast. But for now, let's just assume that you've been acting out and now your partner finds out and she or he is devastated and upset and is thinking about leaving you, is not coping with it well because we know when it comes to pornography consumption, growing up emotional maturity of the consumer and the consumer's partner is usually necessary. So likely this loss isn't being handled well. And so what happens is when your partner finds out, completely freaks out, throws you out probably, and separation is on the is being discussed. Um, arguments are ensuing. You're likely manipulating on accident, or the hijacker is making you manipulate your partner. There's izing in terms of justifying, minimizing, gaslighting, manipulation. When found out, addiction kicks in. That hijacker kicks kicks in and tries to protect itself from going down with the ship. And that usually leads to worse behaviors on the part of the consumer, you, who's watching pornography. Then it also then leads to worse behaviors in terms of the partner dealing with it, because on top of finding out about this loss, there's a lot of manipulation trying to hide it. So things usually get pretty bad when found out. And that's why I want to use that as the example of loss. And we'll go from there. So when found out, what happens in your brain is that in those moments now, instead of reward being linked with acting out to pornography, big time loss is being associated with that activity. And what that means is your brain will be much less likely to want to go back because the neural mechanisms have actually changed a little bit. And I want you to be able to capitalize on that. So if you've been in the position where your partner finds out and everything's kind of, uh, you know, disintegrating in front of you and you have decisions to be made and you're trying to figure out how to proceed Just know that it will be easier for your brain to stay away for some time while that loss is still salient and swirling around in your brain. You can use the loss to succeed. That's the theme of today's podcast is that you can use the loss to succeed. So the people who succeed the most in a Porn Brain Reboot are those people who have no choice but to get 100% committed because A, they don't want the world to know about their habit. Two, they want to preserve their relationship. They want to preserve their family. They want to preserve their job. And the stakes are high. The higher the stakes, the more your brain will change in that moment which will help you unwire the brain pattern created by pornography consumption and rewire your brain towards the optimal brain pattern that will help you stay away in the long run now we know from science and anecdotally that you know those first steps in the journey can be the hardest for a person that really gaining that momentum and traction up front in the unwiring of the brain and the rewiring Taking new neural pathways, not taking the old neural pathways, that's the hardest part. So in this shift in your brain from loss, you can make the hardest part a little bit easier and that's what we're talking about here today and it becomes very clear when it's really on the line because people have found out okay so hopefully you're with me on that and this makes sense to you now I, I know what you're thinking already I don't want to be found out nor do I want to tell my partner um, nor do I really want to lose and that's why the essence of losses it's really hard for people to put themselves in a position of loss by themselves uh, this is not the story I was going to tell you, but Black Widow, the new Avengers movie, just came out uh, two weekends ago now, I think it was, um, in terms of timeframes. And my family is a major Marvel Universe family. We've seen all the movies. We enjoy them. I enjoy them very much. So do all my kids. So does the Hubs. So anyways, we went out and we got home at like 9 o'clock on the Friday night that it came out. And I would never normally watch a movie on, you know, at 9 o'clock because normally I'm heading towards bed to engage in my life the next day, as I always am preaching to other people. But um, we'd been out and, you know, I really wanted to chill. So we bought the movie on Disney Plus and we started to watch it. Uh, actually, I didn't watch the second half to the next day. But the point is, there's a scene where, um, ironically, I forget the guy's name, but the guy who's controlling all of the um, women from the Red Room, has pheromone control, ironic, right? In this line of business, or not so ironic, I guess, for the state of the world's world. But anyways, he has pheromone control and Black Widow has to basically sever the olfactory nerve across the front of her forehead. So eventually she ends up smashing her own forehead on the desk because she tries to uh, incite the bad guy to keep punching her in the face. Of course, it makes a really good Uh, action scene. But I thought a takeaway was interesting in that she didn't just do that at first because to inflict pain on ourselves, by ourselves, to ourselves, is very difficult for us to do. And in that scene, she chose to keep inciting this guy so he keeps hitting her so she can try to get him to, you know, damage that nerve so that she doesn't smell the pheromone thing and so she can kick his butt because she's Black Widow, right? Right. Because she's Natasha, which was – it was cool. I thought it was a great movie. But anyways, um, she chose to incite him to create the loss instead of just smashing her own face from the get-go. And thinking about this concept of loss and how it changes neural mechanisms – That really stuck with me because I thought to myself, it really is hard to put yourself in a position where you're creating your own pain. And if it wasn't so hard, more people might be able to do it and to do it earlier in the process. And, you know, that really stuck with me there in terms of, you know, thinking about. If we could put ourselves where we had more loss, you probably, probably could get over this pornography consumption issue a lot easier um, and with greater ease and earlier, a lot earlier. So we want to create loss. Now, if you're in a position where that loss was created for you, you're highly motivated. You get moving on the discipline and your brain's in a better spot. So if you talk to people and if they say, yeah, you know, my wife found out and kicked me out, I, you know, I was able to leave it behind in 30 days. It's because their brain has changed from the loss after the behavior. So how do we use that so that you can use a loss and maybe not one so big and maybe one that's not, um, will become self imposed instead of imposed by another person where the stakes are really high on the line. In one of the first videos that I made before I knew that the world was going to be watching the video, I suggested a loss of Donating money to a political campaign for the opposite side. Uh, it was during a highly, uh, you know, enhanced political time. So of course there was a lot of comments on that one, but the idea holds true. The loss has to be salient and relevant to you, not to just anybody, to you. So the ideas can be that you do chores that you don't like. If that's motivating for you, that might not be motivating for other people. The idea is you donate money. If you're not a donator, then you can set it up that you donate $100 every time you act out. You donate $500 every time you act out. An accountability partner is the easiest way to create the loss. And it's scary getting an accountability partner. I think it's so important that you tell somebody to make this situation real for yourself. When it comes to your brain, when you're hiding in isolation and you create secrecy, that will create guilt and shame in your nervous system. And we know guilt can be used as a motivator. Shame creates shame spirals that move you in the wrong direction. So, To break the shame cycle, you tell somebody else. And in the telling of somebody else, it shifts the shame into guilt. Now, guilt is I'm doing something that I don't like. I have a behavior that I don't want to have. I want to be done with this behavior. You reach out to somebody and tell them that. Shame is you hide it inside and you keep it in the dark and it makes you think you are a bad person and you go down, down, down. Shame leads you in a downward spiral. Guilt and telling someone and shedding light on the secrecy of this subject or any, honestly, shedding light on your porn use brings the light into the shame, shifts it into guilt, which is, I feel bad that I'm doing this and I don't want to, and I've just reached out to somebody. And now the most important part, your accountability partner is going to hold you accountable. What are they holding you accountable to? What are they holding you accountable for? They're holding you accountable to the behaviors that you choose to act out and to engage in. They are holding you accountable for the loss because they want you to succeed. So a way that accountability partner works is you, and you can use a blocker, a software blocker to be able to do this. Uh, blocker X is an excellent porn blocking software that has accountability partners in the app and you can hit the help me button and you get a community of other people and accountability partners in there that you can communicate with on a moment's notice if you use Covenant Eyes. And uh, I have links for both of these with discount codes because I try to encourage people if you need a fence of a blocker, Find the blocker for you and use it because it creates accountability. It creates the loss that you're looking for. So what happens is when you use Covenant Eyes, it will take screenshots of what you're viewing and send it to your accountability partner. That is majorly motivating because your friend or your cousin or your coach, they're seeing what you are trying to view to get that dopamine hit. And that's the thing that you're trying to protect in secrecy because you don't want people to know that is a loss and the loss can win, can make you win. It can lead to the win. Short-term loss, long-term gain. That's what I want you to know. So you can use accountability software, Blocker X, or Covenant Eyes, for example, and Then it creates the loss for you, but it creates opportunity. The loss is opportunity. The loss means you get to change something because your brain has shifted a little bit just enough to motivate you, to create the discipline, to get you from 0% committed to 100% committed as fast as possible, to create resilience in the journey because likely it's not going to be an event And it's going to give you the stamina and the wherewithal to do the things that you need to do to change. And we know that that is a defensive mechanism. You're putting a fence up to block you from being able to go where you want to go, where the hijacker is leading you. But at the same time, that defensive mechanism or mode is going to give you time to set up your offense because offense wins the game. And when you set up the offense in terms of your three by three method, And remember, this is the porn brain Reboot Method that I'm here to share with you, to coach you on how to use it. The three by three method is unwire, rewire, hardwire your brain. You need to unwire the brain pattern that you're using and you've been using for years or decades, and that can take some time. You need to rewire your brain towards the optimal brain pattern, and you need to create a lifestyle that hardwires in that optimal brain pattern for the long run. That's the first three. The second three is past, present, future approach. The past is you have to dig back in and explore openly childhood experiences, learn about your inner wounded child, give him what he needs so that he doesn't need to go back to the screen, resolve the traumas, unlock the neuro rigidity Create neuroplasticity so that your brain's ability to change increases. Then in the present, do all the things that you need to do to rewire your brain. Get going with brain training. I created a brain training 101 program. It's only $49. Uh, This is not a shameless plug for it. It's just if you want it, it's there for you. You can learn how to use the brain training headband that you buy from the manufacturer. I do not sell that, but I'm trying to help people to be able to use it. I get emails and every person I talk to who's using it enjoys it, sees the value in it, and is seeing and feeling their brain change. Things are moving in the right direction. I think it's the number one thing that you can do to rewire your brain in the present so it's easier to leave porn behind and to create the lifestyle that you want, which leads us to change your routines, change your physical environment, change your mental environment, your thought processes. Figure out what you are feeling when you have an uncomfortable emotion and you want to act out and watch porn. Stop. Try to figure out what you're feeling. If it's stress, move towards the stress, move towards solution. If it's boredom, go engage in your life and go do something that you enjoy and produces dopamine in a healthy way. Go do those things. You will be so glad that you did. You will unwire your brain from the screen, rewire your brain toward healthy activities, to have pleasure, happiness, joy, and connection, the opposite of just intensity and isolation. That is what we want you to be able to do. And then when you rewire your brain using brain training and changes in the present, you can hardwire in that optimal brain pattern into the future by creating and setting goals and then taking action steps as your brain heals to be able to make those goals a reality. I like to Dream big. And I like to make those dreams happen on a day-to-day basis. It's an amazing feeling. It feels so good to get up when you're on purpose in your life. And I want that for you. That's the opposite of surviving. It's totally thriving. And every single person in this world deserves to be able to do that. Okay. So that's how you use the three-by-three method. And you use it in the face of loss. So in this episode, I want you to think about what's the biggest loss that right now you are willing to create for yourself. I know it's scary. I know you might not want to do it, but I want you to know neuroscientifically, it's going to shift your brain enough to help you succeed or at least begin to succeed. The bigger the loss, the bigger the shift, The bigger the early success. And then if you start using the tools, you'll have long-term success. So I want you to think what's the biggest loss that you are willing to create for yourself today. If you're willing to tell your partner, if you have a partner, that's going to be a big potential loss and a major motivator in the right direction. I work with lots of people who have told their girlfriends, who have told their partners, who have told their spouses, have told their wives, And they tell me that was scary business, but I just couldn't keep it to myself anymore because it was eating me alive on the inside. And once I told her, it has been so much easier because, yeah, she freaked out and, yeah, she's not happy, but she's supporting me in this journey. That's how you can win in the long run. If the loss is getting an accountability partner, you can use one of those programs I talked about. You can work with a coach who provides accountability. You can reach out to a friend. You want to make sure the person is trusted, that they're safe place for you to be able to share this stuff, and that they can hold space for you that's not in judgment, they're not judging you, but they're willing to be able to kind of reflect that loss back onto you so that you can use the strategies that you're learning here with me to keep moving forward. So the loss might be that you're going to donate money to whatever organization, one that you don't like, because that loss would be even bigger, one that you might like, but you don't like parting with money. You're going to volunteer because you don't like to part with your time. You're going to do chores. So if you watch porn, you're going to drive the kids around. You don't even have to tell your wife. She'll know something's up if you start driving your kids around town, right? Nah, I'm only kidding. Um, so make the loss big. This is the story I was going to tell, and it has nothing to do with pornography, but this is a perfect example. One time, long time ago, my husband and I, we love to go out, you know, and actually we've always just gone out for dinner and hang out with friends. Uh, I'm going to put a picture on Instagram of me and my bestie. We were out last Friday and uh the air conditioning was broke. You know you're committed to staying out and getting dinner and having a drink when the air condition breaks. It was literally 100 degrees out in the day. Um, I live in Chapel in North Carolina. It was hot and humid. And in this picture, we look like we're going to melt. And, uh, you know, we were committed to staying out. That's not the story, though. The story is probably was... Uh, right when my son Seamus was born, so it's probably like 13 years ago, my husband and I went out. We went out. Uh, we lived in Pennsylvania. We went downtown in the town for St. Patrick's Day, which, of course, we're um, totally Irish. So we love to celebrate. And our wedding anniversary is the day before St. Patrick's Day. So it was a double celebration, but we were out for a long time and we were going to go to a fancy schmancy place for dinner. And we were really, really late. We didn't have reservations, but so we walked into this place, you know, basically as it was closing. And I know better. I've owned restaurants in my life. I don't know if you know that about me, if I've shared that anywhere. I've had restaurants, so I know better. You don't walk into a, a restaurant At the end of the night, when everybody wants to go home, we're the only ones. He insisted. I'm sure it was, you know, magic in the air that night. So we end up ordering this very expensive dinner. We get a very expensive bottle of wine. We're the only people in the place. So it's uncomfortable. The chef keeps walking in and out of the uh, kitchen. And we had a dinner that was completely subpar. The food wasn't that good. The ambiance wasn't good because we're late and I feel like I'm rushing all these people. And it was hundreds of dollars. And literally, I have, very rarely do I have buyer's regret. And the fact that I remember this story to this day, but I remember how much I stressed out about it because I was a lot younger then. I had five, it, actually 13 years ago, I had four babies. Sersha wasn't even born yet, but they're four babies. Four babies are, ex- are expensive. Four kids in diapers. And, you know... Spending hundreds on dinner was not a thing that we really ever did back then. And so, you know, oh my gosh, I had a pit in my stomach the next day. I could not get over it for like a week. And my husband's like, shake it off. And I'm like, I can't wait until it dissipates because I even wrote the, I think, which is so not like me, it's a total Karen move, but it's not like me at all. I think I wrote to the place telling them like how bad our di- our dinner was or whatever, But, you know, I was really suffering from the loss. So what's the takeaway? The takeaway is I will never do that again. I will never go into a place last. I knew better that first time and I did it anyways because the hubs was convincing me, but I will literally never roll into especially an expensive place at the end of the night. And he's tried to get me to do it a few other times where we're out and he's like, let's just go, you know, grab some dinner, quote unquote, grab some dinner at this place that's Very expensive, and I'll be like, No way, man, that it is too late for that. You want to grab food? We're going to Mighty Taco. (laughs) Not that that we do, we're going to Chick fil A, right? Uh, We're gonna go grab a, a drive through food. So, the loss of that experience really has resonated with me and has stayed with me because it hit me in the wallet, and especially in a time where I didn't feel like I had that money to lose. That is what we're talking about. We want you, if you act out and watch pornography, we want you to have it in the pit of your stomach the next day. And it has to be because whatever the, you're going to get the dopamine from the experience and usually you're going to have the guilt and shame after, which generally is not enough to create the motivation. So you have to hit yourself where it hurts in that moment and donate money Tell an accountability partner. If you have an accountability partner using blocker software, they're going to know before you tell them. And that's definitely going to create the feeling of, Oh no, I acted out. And now my brother knows about it and he's seen the images and now I've got to talk to him about it. That can be the loss that will create the success in the end. And you should probably stay away from dinner places late at night. Um, okay. I hope this helps you out. I'm really here. I'm truly here to help you succeed in your porn brain reboot journey. It is uh, one of the most important things to me that you succeed, that you get your brain on the right track so you can create this ripple effect of positive change. Inadvertently right now, you're creating a ripple effect of negative neural energy and a negative electromagnetic field around you that is repelling people from you, is making your life more difficult. It's keeping you from doing the things that you love and being with the people that you love. It is literally blocking you from reaching your full potential. I hope this loss mechanism moves you forward for the greatest success of your life so you can be the change man, right? How cliche is that? But I want you to be the change and this is a way that we can create it together. Okay. Go rock it out. And I am here for you. If you need any support on this journey, reach out to me. Uh, I'd love to help. And as always, control your brain or it will control you.